0: Hello, and welcome to our podcast, What Makes Them Tip Innovations That Changed Everything, where we hear from business leaders and entrepreneurs about the moment, insight, or inspiration that made everything possible and ultimately pushed them over the tipping point. I'm Mike Strada, founder and CEO of Arcalea, where we inspire business change by introducing data science, formal analytics, and provide implementation from marketing moneyball for growth-oriented businesses, we say success is now a science. Stay with us and at the end of the show, we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest growing podcasts in the industry. And with that, let's get started.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of What Makes Them Tip, entrepreneurial innovations that changed everything. I'm your host, Timmy Bauer, and my guest today is Matt Peck. He is a co-founder of SHP Financial. Matt, welcome to the show.
2: Timmy, it's a pleasure to be here, bud.
1: Yeah, it's awesome to talk to you. Let's get started, Matt, with just, I want to hear about your journey uh, into entrepreneurship before I start asking you questions, specific questions about your company
2: yeah no, it, it was um of an old history and English major that was just looking for a job coming out of college and sort of fell into the insurance industry uh, altogether but but what really kind of you know what, what drove or what, what was a spirit from day one, which is you know clearly part of the whole entrepreneurial mindset, was just wanting to be independent, you know wanted uh-huh. to be wanting to be able to sort of uh, you know, my pay was directly um, attached yeah. to my work. you know I, I work harder, I get paid more. you know yeah. so that really is what uh, started it way back when and and certainly it's grown.
1: When did you know did you always know that you wanted to be <clears throat> financially independent like that or did was that something that happened after graduation?
2: No, I think it it was always there. It was always sort of somewhat sort of bucking against the the, your standard. Oh, just find a nice, safe job and, you know, go be an accountant, you know. So then
1: why study uh, English and history just out of curiosity?
2: Well, I'm definitely a big history. And by the way,
1: I was also an English major, so that's not a knock.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, no, it was, I mean, a lot of it was, I I got a piece of advice way back when, you know, when I was a freshman in uh, college that just said, look, you know, major in whatever you want to major and major in what you enjoy. And then it's experience that will eventually get you to wherever, wherever you want to go. And same idea of, of course, hard work. So at that point, it's like, yeah, I might as well just major in history. And then by the time I started taking all these electives and they all were English related. So I was like, all right, well, let's become a dual major and enjoy my time and fill my brain with a whole bunch of fun stuff. And and then off you go. And it, it uh, fortunately for me, and it looks like for yourself as well, Timmy, it, uh, it's helped <laughs> our careers rather than- hurt. I
1: don't know, honestly. For me personally, I mean, uh, yeah, probably a little- Like studying English, I had to write a lot and I do a lot of writing Uh, and writing is how I through writing is how I've gotten a lot of the different jobs that I've gotten as uh, in in the podcasting space and in the marketing space. But uh, um, besides that, I don't know how much my degree really helped.
2: (laughs) Well, it's it's, uh, true. I just I, I think everything is connecting. I mean, yeah. even, even in, even I think no matter what business that you're in, to a certain extent, it's about connecting. And I always say that when, especially when it comes to sales, you know, cause the insurance yeah. business led to securities and whatnot, but you know, it's the old adage of you're selling yourself, right? And so how, well, what's the best way of selling yourself or having someone buy you is, you know, connect with them. And I think the liberal arts and in my humble opinion, of course, but I I do think the liberal arts allow for you to sort of find that wavelength with that person. Like, oh, this is this person's background. This is kind of his how he ticks. And, you know, with English and certainly the writing aspect. But I think with, you know, reading some of the classics, I I think you get the different human characteristics in people that, you know, you kind of you can ease more easily find that wavelength.
1: Hmm. What was the first uh, thing that you did that was entrepreneurial?
2: So after joining the insurance company, the so you mentioned at the beginning, I was co-founder. So part of what sort of the the tipping point um, was here was that in sort of the first, you know, to answer the question was that I was lucky enough to meet. Uh, my two other uh, co-founders as well. And we were all kind of out of college and, and were, um, you know, starting off with this large insurance company. And, you know, it only took about, I don't know, two years before we just all decided as sort of young 22-year-olds to say, hey, we can do this, but let's do it ourselves. So let's let's be independent uh, because, you know, for one thing, we saw all the margins that were going. We're like, OK, by the time the money sort of gets down to us, all these other people have to get paid. And if we cut out all those middlemen along the way, we'll probably be OK. And that's really that was the sort of the brick one in the foundation.
0: Yeah.
1: What was that like and what was hard about it that surprised you that it was hard?
2: Oh, it, I mean, the what. The, so the, the blessing and the curse, to me of, of my career is that it's always been sort of like this clash of egos because we were, all of us were, you know, kind of go-getters, entrepreneurs, independent-minded, uh, and we all thought we knew what was best for the, for the company, for the, for the early stages of the company. And it was balancing egos, checking egos, which I think is hard at times for all of us, uh, and then, you know, sometimes you're in the minority, you know, sometimes you're like, all right, I'm going to get kind of get railroaded here and hopefully they know what they're doing. Um, other times you're kind of leading the charge and, and people are following you or people are getting into line. And, and then you just, you hope that something that you believe so strongly in, even though you didn't probably have all the information, you just hope that those decisions that you made way back when, you know, were the right ones. So that's what I would say was sort of the harder parts uh, at the beginning uh, for my own uh, circumstances.
1: Yeah. Tell me what's uh, interesting or innovative about what your company does or how your company does it.
2: I think the most innovative thing that, that we did was to make it more about the process than the product. Okay. You know, we were in, in the financial services business, um, Especially even way back when it was insurance, it, they almost trained you initially to be very, you know sort of costs and benefits. like, oh, okay, here are the benefits of the product, and here's the you know, here are the costs of the of the product, and here's how this product compares to that product. and here's how we compare to the the you know the the competitors and whatnot. And it's like, oh, well, our interest rates are better, or our terms are better. And, you know very soon we just said, no, 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 that's that's not what people are after, that they're after sort of a, a decision making process. They're after, okay, hey, I don't want the product. I need somebody to help uh, walk me through the all the different products or or walk me through this universe of all of the difficult financial decisions I need to make. You know, and so we we evolved into, uh, you know, providing you know guidance on things like social security, uh, providing guidance on the, on tax planning, and in partnering with CPAs, uh, providing guidance on on legal issues by partnering with attorneys, um, and certainly securities, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and things like that. And so we sold the plan. We didn't sell a mutual fund or an annuity or anything like that. We sold the plan, and we sold the process of making well-informed decisions.
1: Yeah. When did the company start? What year?
2: So officially 2003, although I I refer to the first seven to 10 years as sort of like the knucklehead stage, where we were all in our mid-20s, and we were just happy enough to put uh, sort of, you know, to cover the bar tab, uh, you know, at that point. But then marriages, kids, reality, and maturity, all combined to really revving it up around the 2010 mark to you know around 2010 uh is really when we began to take off and and one thing you know but the kind of the, like the tipping point for us at least yeah. or for me at least and again this might be specific to to my career only in the sense that I worked with two other co-founders was realizing that I wasn't the only badass in the room if that makes sense yeah you know, because at first you're like, oh, you know, I don't know if it's all alpha dog or alpha male. It's like, I'm, I'm I'm the tough guy, blah, blah, blah. Who are these schmucks? Right. And then you realize like, whoa, this guy's really, really good. And it's like, imagine what two badasses can do together. And then imagine what three and then four and then five. And then you hire more and more badasses. And suddenly, you know, you have a fantastic core and a fantastic culture of people. And what you can do is just still beyond the wildest imaginations that we had
1: even way back then. Why do you think it took you so long to realize that? Uh, And was there a moment that was, uh, was there like a big moment in your life or in your business that really like nailed it, drove it in for you? It's
2: it's a good point. Um, I think what, what, you know, I think stubbornness and pride was the biggest thing that, that the biggest obstacle you know where it's like, well, I'm just going to outwork them, or or whatever that may be. Um, and honestly, the the whole idea of realizing that that you know that when you combine forces, I think we it was probably right around 2010 2011 because we had an ex partner. There was four of us actually to begin with, and all three of us were the you know the, the, the existing and still. Just sort of looked at each other and just said, okay, this, you know, we're we're all three of us are rowing in one direction. And the and the ex partner was was rowing in a different direction. And that's when it all clicked to us to say, okay, we we have, we're on the same page. This guy isn't. We did have to sort of bring in a consultant because you know, over time, you know, friendships had formed. And so we almost needed an outside voice to to really um you know, just to lay it out in the line and kind of help. You know, that had
1: to have been incredibly difficult.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was it, that part alone. Um, it, we, we refer to it because it was sort of like a hockey stick where we were growing. And that's the other interesting part about it too, Timmy, is that there's some, some you know, there's some long-term guilt involved too, because we were kind of going like this, that difficult conversation happened. And then we started going like this, or, you know, for anyone that's listening, I'm doing a hockey <laughs> stick.
1: Yeah. He's moving his hand <laughs> forward and then he moved it up. <laughs>
2: Um, and so that, that was a huge moment because it, it was, it was, you know, that, that the old adage of the sort of the culture shift where suddenly we went from one culture as a company dramatically into another one and, you know, had a couple, let a couple other people go who were sort of, of, of the past of the culture that we just really, we weren't getting anywhere. We, we weren't getting any traction. And then suddenly we were, and it's been basically, you know, not looking back ever since.
1: Yeah. What's, um, what's a problem that you're still wrestling with or a problem that you've started wrestling with or something that you're hoping to get to a tipping point of success on now?
2: So the currently it, it's sort of turn, you know, passing the torch on to the next generation. Um, and point being is that, you know, at, at the heart of it, as, as I was saying, it's still sales, like we're still, you know, even though we're selling the process and the planning and, and that's obviously been very, very powerful for both the client and for the company and our revenue, we were still, the three founders were still doing a majority of the sales. And and so we just said, okay, we have a big enough book, we have to hire some other sales, um, you know, people to, to help us and we did and they were fine, but now it's like, okay, well, we want to take less and less but will will we have to take will will we take be taking steps back here by by us no longer taking appointments by us no longer taking clients and what's going to happen because we have you know mouths to feed and staff and team that rely on us and so it that's the that's the transition that we're currently in and it's sort of happening gradually i'm not sure if that's supposed to happen that way maybe there's faster and smarter ways of doing it but that's the biggest thing we're struggling with right now
1: Awesome. Well, uh, Matt, thanks for being on this podcast. How can listeners connect with you?
2: So a couple of different ways. Uh, certainly our website is, you know, www or SHP Financial uh, and not to, not to um, <laughs> you know, one podcast talking about other podcasts, but we do have our own, uh, the SHP uh, Retirement Roadmap Radio Show. Uh, so we're also out there and then the pod universe or whatever it may be called. So whether it's online or certainly follow us on any, uh, where you get your podcasts and, um, you can what's the main content of your show? So just, just good, solid financial planning. Like, for for example, like, okay, h- how to develop an income plan. Like, okay, what's the first steps you do? How to develop an investment plan, you know, the first steps that, that you take. Tax planning, things like Roth conversions and, and whatnot. So just good, fundamental financial planning that anybody, I mean, Timmy, you, your parents, whoever it is, it, it's good information to have because some of the stuff we do is rocket science and wicked complicated, but a majority of the stuff that we do is just fundamental things that really anyone can put into their lives and improve their lives.
1: Wicked complicated. There's the Boston coming out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't go away.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Matt, thanks. I really appreciate you being on this podcast.
0: Anytime, Timmy. Thank you for listening to our show, What Makes Them Tip? Innovations That Changed Everything. If you're an entrepreneurial leader and you'd like to share the inspiration that changed everything in your business or venture, please visit Arkalea.com slash guest and a small request. If you've liked this interview, please help us out by sharing this episode with a friend or on social with the hashtag Arcalea. You can also help us out right now by providing a review in your podcast player, and a thumbs up or rating review would help a ton. We promise to read every word and it helps us improve a little bit each day. And while you're at it, please also subscribe because every week you're going to be inspired and learn from other leaders in bite-sized increments. Again, my name is Mike Strata. Let's connect either on social or stay up to date on all things business at arcalea.com. Thanks again for listening and thank you for being part of the over 99% of America's firms that make up the entrepreneurial community. Until next time.